bro. Welcome. God bless you. Good to see you. That's my sister. Must mean you my brother. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good. Hey, Stephen. Blessings, my brother. They are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, precious. Precious is the word for it. God is good. Let me grab my Bible real quick. What's up, man? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that you are powerful. We thank you that you are real. We thank you that you reign over all the heavens. You reign over all the earth. We thank you that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, sword piercing division between the soul and the spirit, discerning the intents of the heart. And also that you are bringing our souls into agreement with the spirit of truth, allowing us to experience the truth of the spirit and allowing us to grow in you day by day, moment by moment, second by second, God, and allowing us to experience a new level in you. I thank you that you have chosen these people tonight and that you're choosing them day in and day out and that if they choose you, they will experience not only eternal life and everlasting life, but the abundant life that you have promised them. I thank you that you're giving us all things that pertain to life and godliness and that there's nothing that can separate us from your love. So tonight, Lord, we give it to you right now. Holy Spirit, have your way. Jesus, speak through me. And Father, let your love pour out. And we ask that you are edified, that your people's spirits and souls are edified in your word and that you take full charge and you have full dominion of this meeting, of this time and this teaching. So we love you, we praise you, we exalt your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. This teaching uh, we did last week on the little man chart of the glorious or glory to glorious sons of God chart. Um, what we're doing in this, the next teachings or indefinitely we'll be teaching on these charts. So we'll start from, which was the first one that Gene gave. We call it the little man chart, but it's the growing from glory to glory chart. And then we'll go into the spirit, function of the soul, and then the glorious sons of God. And then I would love to teach on worship because I think that is essential for everyone's growth. Learning how to worship in spirit and in truth. Okay. So last week we talked about... Um, what the different, not really the different positions, but we read over some scriptures and that goes right along with this chart. And what you have here on this chart, just a little recap, is a lost man. We all have our spirit whenever we're born. We have our own spirit. When we receive Christ through confession that he is the son of God, and then we believe in our heart that he died for our sins and was resurrected on the third day, we receive the Holy Spirit and our own spirit. Okay? We receive the Holy Spirit and our own spirit. So before we come to Christ, there is a void. And, you know, in the world, we try to apply and we try to give our spirit access to all these different things to try to fill the void in that only eternity can fill, which is the living God. So we may be on the outside or we may not have believed God or we may be in the world or doing these certain things, but we try to fill it with friends. We try to fill it with money. We try to fill it with boyfriends. We try to fill it with, you know, family. You know, these could all be good things. We try to fill it with. But it's not what God intended it to be filled with, you know? So before we do that, before we accept Christ, we are under the power and influence of sin. It's like it's hard to break free. So we may be in a repetitive thing. We may be in alcoholism, adultery, fornication, um, swindling, uh, stealing, you know, whatever it may be. Those influences have a power because we were born into sin. It's like we're connected to it. But the moment we receive Christ in our heart, it is broken off. The power of it is broken off. We're always being subject to the influence. But once the power is broken off, we have a choice. Okay? And we think we have a choice when we're not in God, but the truth is we're still under the same cycle of Satan. 
he allow us to move out of freedom sometimes and thinking that we got victory, but the same cycle keep coming back around and he's going to bring it on a lot stronger, you know? So when you receive this little man, the grain of mustard seed or the mustard seed in you, you have that more power. It's just all you need, the spirit of faith, that's all you need is that much of a mustard seed and you can overcome the temptation of the enemy. You can overcome the, the onslaught of the influences of the enemy. But we must know who our God is. Because when we don't, we're subject to fall right back in that cycle. It says, greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. All those things on the outside. And what you're seeing is this little man, you would think that all this darkness would overpower him. But it said the light only came to expose the darkness. And the light is greater than the darkness. So the darkness cannot overtake the light. So we have to understand that when we come to Christ, the resurrection power, the power that created all the heavens earth, that raised Jesus from the dead, is living inside of us. And all we have to do is just look on the inside and not the outside and ask God for relief, ask God for deliverance, ask God for peace, ask God for everything that we would need. But it first starts by confessing and believing. It says, how do you know you're going to go to heaven? How do you know that once I die, I'm going to be in front of the king? How do I know I'm going to have peace in eternity? There's only one way the, the Bible says it, you know, and you have to receive him. That means it's a choice. We reject Christ a lot. We have to receive him. Okay. So this is a chart that is it just identifies positions in the Lord. It is a good identif identification. This is when we were lost. And this is when we decided to be born again. And this is when we start working out our own salvation. Not anybody else's salvation. We can't work out nobody else's salvation. I can't get her saved. I can't get her to grow up in God. But she has to work out her own. It's a personal thing. Work out your own salvation. So once I get born again and I got this little man in me, God's going to start blessing me because he wants to show you his goodness. He wants to show you that he is the father of all good and perfect gifts in whom there is no variation. The father of lights in whom there is no variation, meaning that he wants to bless you. Even if you're, you, you sometimes can be a disobedient child. I believe I'm not saying this is the only reason why God blesses, but these are two the Lord's, you know, shown me in my life. He blesses to um, bring you to repentance, which is in the word. It says the goodness of the Lord that draws you to repentance. And then there's a, uh, the blessing that God releases when you obey. Okay, so I think a lot of times in the born again experience when God starts blessing us, it's to get us to change our mind about who he is. He ain't a guy, he's not a, a God that wants to, he's not a savage God. He's not a barbarian. He's no longer the God that wants to throw down fireballs or uh, open up the ground up under you. He's a God that wants to kill you with his love. And what he's killing is your flesh. That's what he wants to do. So if we get down to understanding that God wants to show us who he is right when we receive his son, we can start working out our own salvation in our soul. The spirit is already saved, folks, once you receive Christ. It's reconciled back to God. It's like you receive just, you receive what is perfect. You receive what is whole, which is the spirit of God. But this right here is not whole. You have to work this out. This func these functions of the soul has to be worked out through the spirit. I mean, through, this, through the truth of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have to receive that word. The implanted word is what is able to save your soul. The implanted word is the revealed word of God, the rhema word of God, the word that God jumps off a page, the prophetic utterance. It's a you know, word that may come in a dream, however God speaks it to you. And I'm going to tell you the primary way he speaks when you first come to him is in his word. He can speak to your spirit, but he's going to want to talk to you through his word because his word is true. and You have to know his word. And it says that when we receive Christ, when we get born again, that it's already written, it's on a, written on the tablets of our heart, his word. So the spirit already knows everything. The word is prophecy. So anything you want to know about your life, all you have to do is read the word of God. Okay. All right. So lost man, born again. Once we receive Christ in our heart. We can start growing up in him. We can start working out our salvation and we can obtain true victory, not only in the world, but in our souls. And that's where victory starts. He said, peace I give to you, but not as the world gives it. 
The world tries to give you outside peace first before you have inside peace. Christ says he wants to give you inside peace first. He said, take this. He said, take my burden or take my yoke because my burden is light. I was reading this scripture. I wish I could pull it up right before that. Basically, what I got out of those scripture is when he was saying that, take my yoke or take my burden because it is light. Take your belief in me. Our belief in the world is a lot heavier than our belief in Christ. If you want to read that whole thing, God is really he's showing us that. If we take on his yoke, which is belief in him, it's going to be a much easier ride instead of then trusting in what the world has shown us or what the world has to offer. But God, okay, it says, come to me, all you who labor, who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And I, and I am, for me, I am a gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, go to 26 and 27. I think it's before even so, Father, for it it seemed, it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one, and, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Okay, I don't want to get to. We're gonna get right back on this chart real quick, and it could be a couple, uh, another couple of scriptures up, but I just go from here. It says, even so, Father, for it has seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to Jesus by his Father, who is God. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And the one to whom he wills to reveal him. I want to go back. Let's go back. Two more scriptures, bro. Try 24 and 25. I'm getting to something. God is good. All right, it says, but I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for you in the land of Sodom Day of Judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus answered, saying, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and imprudent and have revealed them to babes. Go to 26. Even so, Father, so it has seemed good in your sight. Okay, then we went to the same thing. Essentially, <laughs> what I was trying to get at is there is a belief in the world that we're born into. And it causes a burden to come on our hearts. And I think a lot of times that burden is uh, the burden of works, that I have to work to obtain uh, righteousness. I have to work to uh, obtain goodness. I have to work to obtain wealth. I have to work to do all these different things to please God or to you know please ourselves. Um, but Christ here is saying that he reveals himself to those he chooses. Okay, that is a revelation because uh, it's a choice when you're called to be revealed by to for the father to be revealed to you that is the highest revelation the father no one can get to the father except through jesus christ so when he says take on me my burden take my burden on me because my yoke is light or take my yoke because my burden is light it showed me that if we take on christ and his burden we won't have to deal with the outside sources the influences which could be family um, which could be work um, any of those influences that have always tried to infiltrate our souls from birth, which has been the, the burden of works. It was the law. That's that's just the truth, because the law was put in place for the lawless. Um, but we're moving into the, the law of grace or into the spirit of grace, which is Jesus. And that is his burden. Grace. Now, how good is that? I just, you know, I've experienced grace. I believe everybody in here experienced grace, getting something that we haven't deserved. That's what it is, whether it be, you know, forgiveness or whether it be a blessing or whether it be whatever it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? So I think that I'm going to have to look at that scripture, man, because God gave it to me like a couple weeks ago. But it was like they were believing in something else. And Christ said, man, you don't have to believe that no more. Just take your yoke on, you know, take my yoke, take my burden and it'll be light. OK, so we got halfway through the scriptures last week. Um, our goal is to get to the. The man with his hands raised with all the glory around him, all the colors. That's our goal. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Let's go to Amplify. Amplify got a little bit more, I think. <laughs> For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction 
or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. We trust in holy fervor, thus we walk, not by sight or appearance. In order to progress in this growth with God working out salvation, we have to have the spirit of faith in operation. If we're trusting in ourselves, we're not going to progress. Because God says, uh, man should not be glorified in my presence. He said, basically said, flesh shall not be glorified. So if I was able to promote my own self through this, who's going to get the glorification? Who's going to get glorified? Me and not God. Because I'm going to say, man, I remember when I did this, and this is how I got promoted. That's, what, that's the way God removes our old, our old stinking thinking in the world, because the world will have you work to, to obtain. And work, man, promotion, you can work really hard and get promoted. So it's, it's through faith. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, I was sitting in the sound of, man, this had to be almost almost two years ago or maybe a year and a half ago. I think it was my birthday night. I was just about to turn 25 or 26. And uh, we were here all night. No, I just turned 27. Um, Gene walks, and it's like he had to be talking right to me. But everybody's in here kind of like rested. And he said, if you are aware of yourself, you are not in the spirit. But your boy closed his eyes real quick. I was like, Phew. Let me get in the spirit right now. But I took that as, you know, if I close my eyes, I can't trust the things I see. I won't put my trust in the things that I see. If I close my eyes, it's, it's, a, it's a fast way to go into the spirit. Okay, I'm cutting off all my senses of, of sight to put my hope and my trust in something else. That's what I do. If I need to think about something, I need something to come back. Everybody does that naturally. All right, let me think real quick. And they close their eyes. They go into their, they go into their bank. They do. You can do that in the spirit. Let me cut off, let me cut off what I can see right now. Sometimes we just need to just close our eyes and not say nothing. And probably need to plug our nose in our ears. Cut off all the senses. But think about how effective you can be if you when you when you really need to start meditating on God and you have your word, you've been meditating on his word, but there's circumstances hitting you. If you just close your eyes and you visualize what you just read. And you allow God to build on his word and not what you can see. Not just, that's, that could be powerful, man. It is powerful when you do it. I practice closing my eyes a lot. I was doing that and uh, me, Tori, and Mimi were eating. And she, Mimi was like, Chris, are you okay? Because I got real intense. Every time I start feeling like I'm about to receive from God, Tori, she sees my face kind of like crunch up. I go like this real hard. I'm trying to focus on him like that hard. It's an intensity on my face. And Tori's like, are you all right? And Mimi's like, I said, yeah, I'm I'm trying to go in the spirit right now. I try to cut off everything that could distract me. So if you're um, with the scripture talking about faith, but if you are aware of yourself, if you can feel yourself, you're not in the spirit. Think about how you can, you know, your spirit, your, the truth of your spirit, the spirit of truth. Excuse me. You know how the truth of the spirit has worn out when you're in worship, when you start feeling the elements of the world, you start feeling temperature. You start feeling like, you know, you have these itches. You start feeling like aches in your body. That's when you know, because when you're in the spirit, you don't feel any of that. It's like your body is becoming one with, with God and he's perfect. You don't feel those things. So we live by faith and not by sight. What we're living for and what we're living into is growing up in God. If we can stay focused on what am I to do now with God, with God to progress so he moves me to the next level so I can advance his kingdom, we stay focused on that. Everything else is going to work itself out. But that is only by faith. God's kingdom is only advanced through faith. I have to believe that it's there even when I don't see it. And there has to be a picture that God gives me in the spirit to see it, to believe it. Okay, let's go to 1 Peter 1 9. Praise the Lord. Me and Tori had an awesome, awesome weekend. Um. God is so multifaceted. His wisdom is multicolorable or multicolor. It it is. It's, it really is. You you think you're going you you think you a lot of times we think our assignment can be one thing. We can be focused. This is what my assignment is, and then he'll just bust out ten other assignments when you're in the midst of your one assignment. And it's beautiful to see him work because you can feel grace bellow up in you, the spirit of God bellow up in you, and then it's like you have the only word is for it is grace to do all those things. There's no work. There's no energy in it. It's just like he's doing it. All you're just doing is you're just standing there in the gap, being an empty vessel for him. 
All right, 1 Peter 1 9 says, At the same time you receive the result, the outcome, consummation of your faith, the salvation of your soul. As we progress through this, this progression to become, you know, the glorious sons of God, it says that we receive the results of our faith. Our faith is pushing us through a, a soul sanctification, a soul that will solely live for God, solely meditate on God. And remember when we first started going through this process, we were like, how can I keep my mind just on God? It was so many other thoughts that were coming into our souls constantly. It was like, it was like, um, <laughs> how can I get to the place where I'm not being bombarded with thoughts and I want to meditate on God? You know, and the salvation of your soul is peace with God. Salvation is a, is a whole word. But, you know, soul success, success is soul peace with God. Your peace has, your soul has peace with God. So a lot of times we're in enmity with God with our thoughts. But it's only through faith that our soul can get cleaned up. You have to believe that the word is sent to heal. Only the spirit of faith can cause you to do that. Only the spirit of faith can cause you to believe that Christ died for you. Only the spirit of faith believe, can cause you to believe that Jesus came from heaven through a virgin. All the stuff we receive at new birth is really through the spirit of faith. You know what I'm saying? So once we receive that, he's going to elevate our faith through the test that he puts us through to show us that he, is, that he is the real God, that he is the true God, that he is the one true God, that he is the king. And as we move, that's how we know. I tell people all the time how I know God is real for me. I had experiences with him, but the things that nobody knew that were dwelling in this mind, the ugly thoughts, the impure thoughts, you know, just thoughts that weren't you know, of God, or thoughts that I thought were of God, God dealt with them. I didn't have to tell anything to anybody, not even to my closest friends. It was, you know, a lot of times the stuff I was ashamed that I was thinking. I didn't want to tell them my mess, and God started to clean that stuff up. That's how I know he's real, because a lot of times, you know, I would pray and I would ask God, and those thoughts would continue. But as I look back after he cleaned me up, I saw how he let it progressively happen. If we don't go through the process sometimes, we don't have no worth in what went, what went down. It's like there's value on that. If I just, in an instant, my thoughts was gone, I just got cleaned up and, you know, I'm just living a joyous life. I may not have no value in what went down and I may want to go back to that. You know, you may, you may want to, people, people in the church, they call it backsliding. But when God really does it, there ain't no backsliding because he's giving, he's giving you something that's far greater, which is his peace in that mind. Well, when you experience peace in the mind at any measure, at any measure, there's something that you don't ever want to, you don't ever want to relapse. Yeah. That's what it's called when you, when you take drugs yeah. and you're trying to come off in your own strength. I'm telling you, it gets bad. That relapse ain't good because you start going through, what's it called when you have those headaches, withdrawals? But we done had some withdrawals of the flesh, haven't we? Yeah. We had, we wanted to go back like, Lord, release me, release me, Lord. I'm telling you, we all had that, man. But it's when he replaced that place with his son, with his love, with who he is. You don't want that filthiness. You know, man, it's, it's something in purity. It's something in purity. So at the same time, you receive the results, the outcome, consummation of your faith. Uh, the word consummation, when I looked it up, is like perfect. Your faith can be made perfect. And it's made perfect when you receive what you've been praying for or what that faith was supposed to produce. And I love when Gene talks about when he say, when I got Zinni, I didn't have to pray for a mate no more. <laughs> that faith was made perfect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when we receive our mates, when we receive the financial blessing, when we receive children, we'll receive, you don't need faith for it anymore. God has made that faith become perfect. He has completed that for you. It's only this, and we, we know it's God. When that, when that peace comes, I said, Lord, I thank you that you did this. And I, I got this word, man. It's in Romans. It says, when God does something, it's a sure thing. When we do something, a lot of times it's not a sure thing. <laughs> if I try working out my issues in God, if I try buying a house without God, if I try doing a lot of things, without, it, it may not be a sure thing. But I tell you, if God does it, it is a sure, it, it won't return void. It never backtrack. You don't have to, there's no reneging. There's no like, none of that stuff. It's done. It's in the soil. It's in the earth. It, it's, it's already claimed. And, then, and it's free and you never have to go back to that circumstance ever again. I'm not saying the influence of the circumstances won't come upon you. They will, but will you choose God's thoughts over the thoughts of the enemy? 
All right, let's go to the next one. Romans 8.19. Grace is free, freely given. Salvation is freely given. We didn't have to work for salvation. All we had to do was just receive God. But you have to come to a place. I love it. Me and Tori, we had an instant with a couple separately. Um, she talked to a wife and I talked to a husband two separate times. They weren't speaking at this time. Tori felt the compassion of God come down on her. They're not even in the same room. They're over the phone. Y'all know when y'all have a, like an experience with the Lord, but it was like, you can feel it. I just, I just knew it was about to go down. There's something in you when you know somebody's about to receive the Lord and you have to be broken. You have to be at your, like, there's two types of brokenness. I'm not saying there's only two types of brokenness. There's two that I've experienced. There's a brokenness where you cannot, it's just like every, it's hell all has broken loose in your life and you can't come out of it. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like how I need help. That's what Jesus is the savior. Yeah. He come and he saved. Yeah. Yeah. That brokenness is like, you can't reject them. Yeah. You're like, you're panting. You're like, you're <laughs> reaching for anything that would help. That's how people get caught up in a whole bunch of different madness. Yeah. Yeah. When they're in, when they're in like torment and pain, it's how can I get out of this? Suicide is one of those things. That's how we must know the voice of God. But when God, when, we're, when that, that they're reaching and God has a servant assigned to that person, that you know it's that time because the brokenness is already there. You can feel it. And Tori felt the compassion and she helped bring somebody to Christ. She didn't do it. It says no one can come to Jesus unless the Father draws them. Okay? God is the giver. God the Father is the, he says the all good and perfect gifts comes from the Father above, the Father of lights, in whom there's no... So that is a good and perfect gift, Jesus. It is a perfect gift. So in those moments, God is presenting Christ to them. This is your opportunity to receive. Okay? Another brokenness. It's like some people just aren't bad people. That's, let's, just, let's just face it. There are some people that just aren't bad people. They don't do bad things. They live in a code of ethics, but have never received Christ. And they're working the goodness of their life to receive goodness. They believe in karma. If I do good, this will be good. There's a brokenness. And God has just been revealing this to me about how somebody can be a good person, but never, ever receive the promises of God. And they're continuously in works. They're continuously serving people, being walked upon being walked, been traded upon. They're continuously doing things in, in a sense it's pride to receive their own glorification. Yeah. But saying, I've been a good person my entire life. Why isn't this manifestation mani manifesting for me? There's a brokenness knowing that you can't do it without God. And it doesn't have to necessarily be like all hell is broke loose on my life. That can really be all hell breaking loose on somebody's life, not being able to go to the next level, whether it be in a marriage or, you know, receive just the things that God has for them. That brokenness will draw somebody to Christ, too. I've experienced that where people just look this, I don't know what else to do. I've done everything that I know to do. I'm not a bad person. You start, they start laying out their list of good deeds. <laughs> I'm not a bad person. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. But I haven't got promoted at my job. You know what I'm saying? I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't had kids. You know, I'm steadily in, in, in a poverty situation. That is another type of brokenness. I'm not saying one is greater than the other. But we think a lot of times if we're broken... That we have to just be like panting, like really just beat down, like like a circumstance has come upon us. No, you can walk continuously broken in, in God. And that's just knowing that you can't do anything without him. That is truly brokenness. Soul reliance on him. Soul. Like your mind, no, I can't keep, I can't even get up without saying good morning to Jesus or good morning, good morning to God the Father. You know, if you put your mind on him early in the morning, he's going to put his mind on you all day. Think about the, how your, your thoughts rush you in the morning. First thing you get, what I got to do? I'm hungry. Oh, I got kids. I got to do all these different type of things. I'm, it's the weight of the world. That's what it is. That's why we got to take his burden. You start thinking on him, man. He start taking care of all that other stuff. Me and Tori, I don't know if I told y'all this story before. Um, one morning we woke up. And Tori, I love it because she is definitely the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I know I'm supposed to do something when I don't want to do it. Like when I just, I'm kind of like quick to be like, I don't want to do that. She said, hey, how don't, why don't we just praise God for five minutes without music? Let's worship him for like five minutes. We timed it. No, we, no, for real. We just got up and we just worshiped God without music or anything for five straight minutes. And then we just we did it a few more days. Man, our day was like on something else. If you can get up 
and use only what God has given you within yourself to worship and praise him, I'm telling you, you will see there will be a difference in your worship and your praise. And I don't know if y'all witnessed, there's a difference in Tori's worship and praise. It's like, excuse me, it is the spirit of worship. It is the spirit of praise. It's not the working of our spirit getting us into it. It's like she's continuously in it. She don't have to work it up no more. We all don't have to work it up no more. You spend time with God, but that thing's just on you. You be walking through the streets, hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. That's like vocabulary. That's our vocabulary now. Hallelujah. We can't say, we cannot say it. Praise God. Boy, all hell breaking. Praise God. We used to laugh at Lee. Lee. Like, we losing our house. Yeah, I'm drowning. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Lee, <laughs> the fire's burning me up. Praise God. I love it. That's, man, that's, man, she said, in the word it says you'll receive new tongues. I love it when she got a revelation that. The new tongues is your language is changing. It's going to be his language. It's going to be continuous glorification of him and who he is. I love that. And you turn heads when you talk, to, when you start praising God in public. It's just like, what just happened? It's it's worse than cussing. In, it's not worse. It's, it has. A, it's more effective. It's more powerful than cursing in public. You start saying praise God. I'm telling you, heads turn. Like who that talking about the Lord? And you get some. Hey, you get some. You get some followers, not just believers of Christ. They're gonna be, they're gonna jump right on in with you. Oh yeah, praise the Lord. I know the Holy Spirit too. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> but they're gonna be in it, man. But there's something in having. A true encounter with God, it causes you not to be ashamed. Because can't nobody take that away. When you know it wasn't in you with what you experienced, sometimes we we conjure up our own experience with God. (laughs) But I was in my room, the lights was off, and a light walked in the room. It looked looked like a candle, but it wasn't a candle. Our imagination to get us going. And then before you know it, you really start thinking, did I really have that experience? Or did I think that up myself? You know what I'm saying? But when you know that you know you had an experience with God, you ain't scared to talk about him. This is what, you, as a matter of fact, you're excited to talk about him. You're for real about talking. It's a passion in you. But when we conjure up that own stuff, we be thinking twice about speaking about God. I don't know if I should say this. I don't know. I'm telling you, it's a spirit of doubt. And, and there's no doubt in God. There's zero doubt in him. All right, Romans 8:19. Oh, my goodness. We just experienced this, me and Tori, in Atlanta. It says, for even the whole creation, all nature waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's son, sons, this lowercase, that's us, God's sons, us, the lowercase, to be made to be known, they wait for the revealing and disclosing of their sonship. As we grow in this thing, when we're becoming sons and not just children, we're growing up. It's like I can talk to my daddy and, and not be afraid. We can have a conversation and not be afraid that he's going to spank me because I'm saying something that's not right or, you know, he's going to discipline me. We move into sonship knowing that I'm having a divine communication with the Lord and he's speaking to me. It's for the next. It's for us first. Don't get me wrong. But all the creation. That's plants, animals, people, everything. What we already intended to have dominion over are waiting for us to come forth as the sons. And that's only through revealed truth, revealed word of God, okay? Because people know when you don't know what you're talking about. They do. When you're still kind of conjuring that thing up, I'm not saying that God won't speak to you, and then you, you have it all figured out one time. You work out your figuring out what God is speaking to you. But when you're working out something that you come up on your own, people can sense. It's, 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 not, it's, a, false, it's a false spirit, but... When God has revealed himself to you, I love when Gene said, when he, when he, when a, when a word, when the word pops off a page, you stop your clothes, but that's God saying, I love you. Man, you should, you should take heed to that. How is this going to change me? Because when last time, or the first time he said he loved us, he sent Jesus. Yeah. Said God so loved the world. I'm not saying it's the first time. It's probably not the first time he said he loved us, but it's one of the most significant, if not the most significant. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever shall believe on him should not perish, but have eternal life. So when God reveals his word, which is his son, he's saying he loves us. What is he trying to put love in the place where the lie is? He's replacing the lie with love. Where is he doing that? And then that, when that place gets, that, lie, that place of the lie gets replaced with love, we can now go to all creation and present that love to them. 
We can present that relationship to him. All right, so here's my testimony. I grew up, I didn't grow up, but I was in college with all these guys. We played basketball together. And this weekend, I went and did my first wedding as a, as an, like an official person that does, what, what are they called? Efficient. Otherwise, I don't know what you call them. I'm offici- I was an officiator of a wedding. And um, I went out there, and all my friends from college were there. Mind you, when I was w- hanging out with these friends, your boy was all the- I was wayward, dog. Like I was, I was, I was just, in- I was just in blatant sin, blatant, and I was proud about it. You know what I'm saying? So when they saw me, and they saw the outward transformation without me even opening my mouth. They were just, they were just struck. Okay, they call me CJ. They say CJ is different. So I got to talking to him, and you know, just I'm still the same me. You know, I just got Christ in me. It's just a better version of me, you know, and um, or a better version of him in me. Well, better version, more of him in me. Ain't no better. He's the best. You know, I don't know if he's gonna get any. He'll get better to us, but he's, you know, he's always been great. You know what I'm saying? Um. Long story short, after the wedding, Lord put on my heart to pray for one of my friends. This dude, I was tight. Tori saw me connect with this dude, and she said she ain't seen love like, she never really, like, saw me connect. It, was, it overtook her. When I saw him, I, like, ran. You know in the movies where you run to somebody? There was no slow motion. I darted to this dude. I was so happy to see him, because that was my boy. We went, you know, it was like we, we, did, we had college together. So after, at the end of the wedding, Lord told me to walk him to the car, and it just kind of, like, talked with him. I already know I was going to pray for him, but you don't just say, hey, man, let me pray for you. You know, you can, but it's like, you have, you know how to, God tells you how to communicate with somebody. I said, let me walk you to the car. Man, before we even get to the car, the man is just pouring out his spirit. Everything that has been on his heart for the last lifetime about what's been going on. And he's experienced light. Lord was already revealing that to me. Um, but all you do, you love until the time is right. So um, walking him to the car, and it was like he was... You know, the eyes are the gates to the soul. So as we look through the eyes of Jesus Christ, which is love, God is love. Whatever is not a love is not going to want to connect with those eyes. And it can be it can be shame. And a lot of times it is shame because of the pain or the things that he done or the things they have seen. So he couldn't he couldn't connect with my eyes for the longest time. I had to like grab on it. I said, man, look at me. I want you to know that I love you. And I'm like in his eyes, man. And then it's just like God was just. It would minister to him. It wasn't like this whole thing where fire came down and my man got burnt up. Um, but there was a love exchange. He knew that he knew that I was somebody that could be there for him. And he was waiting for that. He had no one to talk to. You think about it. If you start pouring out, man, you've been waiting to get that stuff off your chest. And I didn't even have to say nothing. Let me walk you to the car. So they all, all the creation. And we're going to focus on humans, man, because it says uh, the greatest uh, commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your strength, um, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It, it's combined with the second greatest is to love your neighbor as yourself. But a lot of times God judges our love for him as for our love for people. Um, so I pray for him and we just connect, man. It's just, it's like we never missed a beat, but I know there was an exchange there of love. I'm walking away from this fellow. <laughs> I'm not walking away. Another guy literally comes and grabs me. It's another one of my buddies grabs me and says, hey man, let me talk to CJ for a minute. This is all in the span of 30 minutes. He said, man, let me talk to you. Man, don't get five words out of his mouth before he starts, you know, weeping about some things that he's done in his life that he's not so proud of. And he just needs to know that he's forgiven. He's already received Christ in his heart, but he's going through that thing in his mind where I'm not forgiven because it's just too bad for the be- what I did was so bad I can't be forgiven. And the spirit of forgiveness is already in you because Christ forgave all. You took all the sins on everybody. So I, I take this, and that wasn't even it, man. It's just so much in that whole scope of that wedding. But that's the only thing because it was like they were waiting. They didn't know it was going to be me. But they're all waiting for a son of God to be made known. And once they knew that, they had comfortability. I could tell him anything. He's not going to judge me. For one, I was already their boy. But for two, they knew the spirit of God was in me. They knew the truth was in me. And I was not going to lie to him. I was going to tell it to him just how God wanted me to tell it to him. And I think that's so beautiful that God would use us to bring his people to another place. A place of forgiveness, a place of maturity, a, a place of humbleness, a place of, you know, whatever it may be. God can do that. We just have to yield. We never know why we're going to do something. That's why it's so important that we know why we're going. 
than that God has sent us. Okay, God may want me to, you know, in a sense, to go marry some people. But what is the what is the real? And I already I always, I always know it's, it's for a love manifestation. It is because we all have a relationship that the world is pant. When I say pant, I mean like, you know, when a dog needs water, yeah. the tongue is hanging out, they're exhausted. You know, that's what the world is. That's what the world is looking for. Yeah. That love. And they can only sometimes at first experience that love through somebody else's relationship with Christ. So my relationship with Christ, I can give them a nudge on what it would be to have a relationship with God or with Christ. Gene does it all the time. Man, we come in here jacked up. Man, that ain't even the word for it. I'm going to be honest. It's not. Think about not only the things that we have done, but the thoughts that we have. And he is able to love and share his relationship with God with us. And it's like you don't even see the ugliness. Don't even recognize it. It's, it's quite mind-boggling because sometimes sin can make you sick. You can see somebody else in some, some ugliness, and it, 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 it not only grooves you, but makes you feel really bad, and you don't want to be around them. Man, it takes a strong spirit to be around all that, that, that darkness. Man, God has trained that dude, man. I can't, how, how do you put words on it? And, and Lee is right along with that. Lee is right along with that. To be able to look in somebody's eye gates and see darkness and look right past it into the, to the eyes of God. It's crazy. It is. That's why we have to be humble and thankful into his gates with praise, into his gates with thanksgiving. Man, if you just wake up and say, thank you, Lord. You know how all of heaven hears that? Thankfulness, enter his gates, enter his gates. But you have a gate of heaven, too, that wants to knock down his door with praise, man. I want, I said this a lot of times over the past week about how when we talk about God, he talks about us. It says, it's in, it's in two different books in the gospel, but it says when we are not ashamed to speak of him, he'll mention us before the angels of heaven. And this is talking about us as mentioning Jesus. And then another verse, it says, if we're not ashamed to mention or talk about him before the people, he'll mention us or, you know, talk about us before his father. Think about what that what that really does when Christ is mentioning your name. Not, Lord, one of your servants down here is talking about you. Chris, Tori, Kenry, Carl, Robin, everybody. Lord, they're glorifying you right now. Think, think how God has a soul and it's Jesus. Think about where his mind. He says, these are the thoughts that I have for you. Man, think about where those thoughts go. After, you, you know, you really get into this mode, but they elevate. Was it Jeremiah? Was it 2911? If you want to put it up, you can, but these are the thoughts and plans I have for you to prosper you. I think about, man, when, I, when I'm not ashamed, think about how he's prospering your soul. Think about how he's prospering your soul. When you're not afraid to talk about God, boy, your soul just went to another level. They're taking that first step. Tori has this great, boy, I love my wife, boy. I get hyped. When I think about how God has transformed her, yes. you know, our wives are the glory of men, of man. That's what it says. Woman is the glory of man. Our wives are our glory. An indication of where a man's glory is, is on his wife. His walk with God. I am telling you, and I'm, I'm not being, I'm just proud of Tori when I say this, because it definitely was nothing that I did. <laughs> Jesus did all this, boy. I tried to get her to worship. <laughs> I tried to get her to shout out. Man, she was not hearing that. Everybody don't have to worship like that. I said, okay. And, and, the, hey, and the Lord changed all that, didn't he? Hey. But, but now, now, now you can't even sleep. Now, now, she, now she's, she's relentless. She's abandoned. It's like she steps out of her body. Her body's just loose in the, in the building. But Tori has been getting this, this, this tremendous revelation. And it's like it's building, it's building, and God is giving her steps to take. And every moment she take that step, it's like she come home with a testimony. And it's this big thing, and it's like a blessing to see that God is moving. Like, I want to say even when you're not around, but like, God is doing something all the time. But when he's personally doing something right next to somebody that you're so intimate with, boy, I'm telling you, it blesses you. When I, I'm just overtaken a lot of times by the stuff she talks to me about. I'm just like, God told you that? <laughs> Boy, I had to worship for hours at a time before. Man, she's going to worship 10 minutes. Yeah, the Lord just showed me this. I'm just like, 
Lord, they what? <laughs> you know, they would try to get proud. Oh, I don't know if that was the Lord, baby. I don't know if that was the Lord. Not as plain. I never say that to her. I just listen. The woman is the confirming voice of the Holy Spirit. I said this a bunch of times too. The man will receive a word from God. The wife, unknowing, if you don't speak everything that we hear, a man's supposed to have intimacy with God too. We're not supposed to blurt everything out. We were created for God. Woman was created for man. That's the word. Okay. Um, we'll hear something from the Lord. I don't have to say nothing to Tori. She'll just, we'll just be in a basic conversation and she'll say whatever God said to me. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is a weird God moment again. <laughs> and it don't have to be long. I could just heard, I just, I could have just heard it moments before. It's almost to the point now, and this is where I get really excited about the elevation of a, a, a unity in a couple. I can think it and be just getting ready to speak it. She's, she'll say it before I even say it. It's powerful. I'm just like, bro, like get out of my soul. It's wild. But that's that, that's that unity coming together. The unity is in God. He's not absent in that. The closer I get to him and the closer she gets to him, it's like we're merging as one. So the same thoughts I can be getting, she, she's already gotten or she's going to get. And then God is just using her as a mouthpiece. It's really amazing. And it may be basically, I'm, I'm, two, I'm two and a half years in the game, folks. So a lot of this stuff is new to me. I've experienced a lot, but a lot of the experiences are very new. So to be, be a mo- it's like at the tip of my tongue. It, it's like she, she beats me to it, like she wants to beat me saying it. You know what I'm saying? But that's just her pursuit of God. Women are still in their season right now of that worship. I'm telling you, and it's pushing not only the ministry, but the men. Are, what time is it, Carl? All right, we're about to finish this up. Let's go to Joel 22.2. I'm excuse me, Joel 2.2. I just think it's powerful, man, when we really submit to God. Submit, laying down your life. There's a song by Kim, um, Kim Walker Smith. And she talks about surrendering everything. Even the even like not only the promises, but the desires that God has given her, and like even the things that she's made up in her, like her goals. All her aspirations. She said, I give it all to you. Everything that can even be good, I give it to you. She talked about laying it all down. And I just think we get into that place. I, I was reading something or I was, we were, we, me and somebody was discussing something. And there is something where if you just have given everything, you have nothing else to rely on. Dang. Like if you have just given everything, you only have your reliance on Christ. Yeah. So you're like in a soft and in like a, a, a foreign territory, but it's like the moment I say, okay, I don't want none of this no more. It's like you got to take a, a major late, a leap of faith and let everything go. And it's like, I can't turn back now. It's all gone. So I have to trust. I have to lean on God. That, that, is, that is a truth. That's, God really honors that. that. It's a boldness in letting things go like that. There's a, a fearlessness and there's a a faith in that, you have to know God is asking you to do it. I believe he's asking everybody to do it. But what I mean by that is the moment you take that serious step and just say bump, it's like basic training. Once you get on that bus to go to actual basic training, <laughs> it ain't no turning back. Ain't no turning it back. ain't no turning back. Y'all know when you first go to basic training, you have reception. And our little puny minds think that's basic at first until they let us know it's reception. Boy, when you get on that bus and say, all right, y'all about to go to basic. They say, if anybody want to turn back now, everybody, no, ooh, you know, all that different stuff. Nope. You get on that bus, you start rethinking everything. If you just jump into it and just do it like thoughtlessly and just let it all go, it's like now he has full control. He has you in his hands. You know, talking about that, it's a song that talks about the water and the waves not overtaking you. It's like you're in the water. Okay, now I really have to trust God because I ain't got no boat. I ain't got no buoy. He's going to have to leave. He's going to have to keep the, the waves from overtaking me. All right, it says... A, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and a day of thick mist and darkness. Like the morning dawn spread upon the mountains, so there comes a heathen, hostile people, numerous and mighty, the like of which has never been before and shall not again ever to the years, not and shall not be again even to the years of many generations. Go to the next scripture. A fire devours before them and behind them, then a flame burns, and the land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them the desolate wilderness, yes, and none has escaped the ravages of the devouring hordes, the darkness, the fire, and your fire can increase. 
And it's, you know, it can be in you, but it's going to eventually be around you. It's like you can walk in a column with God. And I want to say it's untouchable because that can be very prideful. But it's like nothing can penetrate that sphere that God has put around you. It's like you have such a peace on the inside that the outside doesn't even matter. Like you can really walk in peace. Man, that's what we really want. He did not come. Jesus had not come to bring peace. He came to bring a sword, which is his word. He came to fulfill the law. So if he did that, there's no pride because the Pharisees tried to do it and they couldn't do it. They were wicked. Jesus came and did it. He brought the sword to separate that religious thing. But then he says, I have left peace, but not peace as you know it. He left peace. He didn't bring it. He left it because he already did it. He already accomplished what he was intended to accomplish. And the funny thing is, Gene said, this is not my, you know, like, he said, what the, the peace of the world is war. Think about the war that goes on in our mind. That is the peace of the world. You're weird if, you're ha- if, you, if you have peace. You are contrary to the world if you have peace. If you're not worried about your life's about, being, about to be turned off, if you're not worried about how you're going to eat, you are weird. That you, you're a lunatic. If your house is about to be taken from you, you know what I'm saying? No joke. That's what it is. But that's the world's peace. Yes. The peace that wants you to have that war in your mind. Not in the world. Isn't that crazy? But he left peace for us. Yes. The peace he wanted to have is in our soul. He said, not as the world gives it to you. I'm going to give it where they can't give it to you. On those hidden thoughts that you have that no one knows about. About you being afraid that, shoot, I may die and I may go to hell. That is, a, that, is a, that is a thought that Satan brings, even when you're in God. Isn't that crazy? God came to bring peace to that. You receive me, you grow up in me, you're going to come and you're going to live eternally with me. All right, last scripture. Joshua 1.8. I love it. The two scriptures I love the most, because a man can be transformed by these two scriptures. It Psalms 1, 1 through 3, and then it's Joshua 1.8. And it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous. And then you shall deal wisely and have good success. That's a promise. You know, the only way that we're going to deal wisely, have good success, and be prosperous, if we allow the book of the law to stay in us and we meditate on it day and night. And to only allow it to, in a sense, depart, leave our mouth when we have a revelation of it. And not just spit out the, the jargon, the, the flowing of, Logos. Logos is good. It has its, its, its purpose. The power of love is on Rhema. When God has transformed, the, the church operate, is operating in Logos. And they have that, it's to get people to understand what's in the word, to hear the word, to know the word, to know that it's God speaking. But that Rhema, it takes it to a high, it's like a, a megaphone saying, I love you. Yeah. Come close to me. Trust in me. But it's saying, the book of the law shall not depart of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. If you meditate on his word day and night, you will have salvation for your soul. And when you have salvation for your soul, that's growth in your soul. God's going to allow the spirit to take dominion. And he's going to start, feel like the spirit's going to start infiltrating this mind. And it's like they're going to become one. And when the spirit has the front position of the soul and it submits, it's like we can, it's like a highway or it's like a jet. It's like you can really accelerate because you're not allowing um, the unrenewed portion of your mind to submit to the flesh. I used to think that the flesh, I, I used to think that the, the flesh had to submit to the soul. The soul is the, the, the middle person. You have the spirit and then you have the flesh. The flesh wants to do its own thing. The spirit wants to do what God wants to do. Okay? So when we allow the spirit to infiltrate the soul, it, it null and voids the flesh. It negates it. It doesn't even exist no more. So if you meditate on this word, you're giving the soul whatever it needs to be satisfied so it doesn't lean on the flesh. And you'll, 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 you'll come into growth. And that's when you make your way prosperous. Who wants to be prosperous, man? That's a whole word. We keep hearing that. It's a whole word. And then you, you shall deal wisely. You shall be wise in all your dealings. You'll be speaking as God will want you to speak. You'll be bringing life to people. You'll be helping people grow in Christ. You'll be having people, you know, break chains. There are chains on people. You can physically see them sometimes. You can see them with your eyes. It's a spiritual thing. You can just, oh, man, they need to, they need to have that thing broken up off of them. God to put passion in your heart, compassion in your heart. To, to go. God put compassion in my heart for my brother. And it was like I wanted to run to him and say, man, God loves you, dude. Don't, don't give up just yet. Don't give up just yet. You know what I'm saying? So 
and then have good success. We want to have, our, we want to have good success too. We don't want to just sit and watch everybody else prosper without us. We want to enjoy this together. You know what I'm saying? So in a rap, always know no one can come to Jesus unless the Father draws them. And I believe that through our own circumstance we put in our life that God allows, he allows us to be broken in that, and then we'll come to him. And then when we choose him, the spirit of truth, we're bringing forth the truth of the spirit, enable us to grow in him. So the Holy Spirit is our guaranteed success. It's going to help us grow in God. And we must know that. We cannot do it on our own anymore. We have to let go of everything, even our thoughts. Mamie had a, such a powerful testimony. She got a doctor. No one, most people don't know she's a doctor. She has a doctorate in theology, correct? Divinity. She's a, she's a doctor. In the world, that carries a lot of weight. She got the doctor. A moment later, she, the Lord told her to just basically forget everything she just learned. Isn't that powerful? And I'm telling you, when Mamie speaks and when she goes and talks to those people with those degrees, oh, my goodness. It's going to be like, I got the scripture, too. It's going to be like, who is this person that speaks with such authority? You could not have learned that in school. I was just meditating on that. I thought I had that experience at the wedding. I'm an untrained man, according to theology. I'm untrained. But when God grabs the mic through my vessel, there's power that flows out of it. And it's the spirit of life. And that's the, the death that's on them, it's like it's an emptiness. And it wants that life. Yeah. It wants that life. So you start speaking, it's like their body, their spirit is absorbing it. And you can feel it in the spirit realm. And that's, and that's I don't want to say the proper anointing, but there's an anointing that breaks yokes and draws people to Christ. It is. It's just like, okay, I don't know what it is about, about what he's saying, but I know it's true. I know it's real. How can I get that? And then they start flooding you. Man, if I'm, I'm, if you get these teachings, if you get what God is doing in this ministry, your life will be changed forever. Ever. I'm not saying it's going to happen in an instant. What I'm saying is it's guaranteed, though. There's enough resources in this ministry to change you in every marriage, yes. money, yes. you know, happiness, joy, whatever you want, whatever you're lacking. There's enough resources in this building that's going to change your life. You have to do your time with God. But the resources are here. Okay, where can I find it? There's enough people here that want to help. And then they'll point you in the right direction and just do your time with God. And as they start cleaning you up, when all that ugly stuff starts coming up, don't, don't take on the spirit of shame or any of that stuff. Know that God is revealing it so he can bring more of him into you. And I always believe this. Once we release those, those thronships that in our souls that we've given to Satan through the unrenewed portions and through the circumstances and through stuff that's happened to us, from in life, from childhood all the way on. Once we let those things go and just allow that throne to be broken through the word of God, you have now have new soil. Me and Mamie talk about this fresh soil where God can put his word. And it's like it grows exponentially. Revelation is so great when you don't have to fight through darkness. It's easy. It's easy for it to flow. And revelation is what changes us from glory to glory. It's a quick work. God, man, I was telling Tori, God don't want us to sit in this too much longer. It's not like he's waiting, oh, I'm going to wait. He's like, he's up on the, you know, tapping his foot. All right, another test. A whole other test. They don't pass. Uh, give him another test. It's not like that. It's like he wants us to get through this. Because, man, I, I said it last time. When, when Christ wants his bride, you know how it is when we want to receive our wife. Christ wants his bride. So he ain't going to sit there and put us through this whole thing. He's not putting it. He wants us to get it right so everybody can come to him. So if we put the effort into getting it right, it's like, all right, let's, let's get them to the next thing. It can be exponential, quick. My life is that testimony, how fast God moved. And it was how fast I was willing to let everything go. And some things I ain't let go fast. So I had to sit in my little position for over a year. Now, identify yourself. That's what it's, what have I not, what have not letting go of? What is God trying to relinquish off of my heart, that burden that don't even have value in his eyes? where he wants to replace with his word, his truth, his love. And once we do that, okay, God, I'm giving it to you. Give me your word to stand on. So when that thing try to come back, I have something that's greater. He give it to you, man, let him do his thing. And then watch what he start giving you. It's like you can receive so, it's something about purity, people of the soul. I'm telling you, get your mind cleaned up. You can receive a lot. I, I look at how Lee is able to receive good word and how God gives a revelation like you see her handwriting. Man, God ain't got to fight through junk, man. He don't. She submitted herself. She's allowed God to do a change in her, in her mind. 
We can all do that, man. We're not alone. God is powerful, man. We're experiencing him at a, at, at a, at a great rate. When I say we, I'm talking about this, this family right here. We're all experiencing him. We ain't, you know, Tori and I, aren't, we're special in God's eyes, but y'all special in God's eyes too. But we're all great to him. He wants us all to experience it. It's time to let whatever it is go and give it to him. Whether it be, I need to just give my life to him so I can really see who this, who this you know, what Jesus is all about. Because Jesus has been misrepresented. You see it in the church. You'll see it in the world. So let's get to the place where we know who he is. Let's ask God, I need you to break me, Lord, if I'm not broken enough to receive you. Man, he'll break you quick because he wants you. I think about all the things God would do to just get us, about how he lets us stay in our stand until it just builds up, until we just tired of it. It's sickening to us. I, I hate that I think these thoughts. Boy, he let that, let that thing go until don't, we don't want to go back anymore. You know? So I bless y'all. And I just, I just thank the Lord. That was all the scriptures. So the next time we'll be going over the regenerated spirit, and it talks about how God communicates with us. He speaks to your spirit first. Okay? Speaks to your spirit first, and then it filters to your soul. And God works all these things out. So let me pray and just... Oh, yeah, yeah.